Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Teeing It Up. Tom Izzo's got on an ugly sweater, uh, but we're back for another episode of Teeing It Up. Like I just said, I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Vladdy. Vladdy, what's going on, man? It's Wednesday night when we're recording. Um, how has your last week before heading back out east go? It's been good. Um, started kind of my... My job is an official employee as opposed to a contractor. Nothing really changed duty-wise. Um, some pay raise and, I guess, more security. That's cool. Other than that, though, um, it hasn't really been anything new. Just dropped my parents off at the airport earlier today. Um, as you mentioned, I'm going to make the trek myself on Friday, or hopefully on Friday there's supposed to be this big old storm coming through, but yeah. we'll see. Um, I'd rather not end up in the West End for a night, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you're going out by yourself, yeah. All the way out. To... I mean, have you done that before? Yeah, I, I've traveled one before. It's not that that that. Uh, I definitely yeah. prefer it because when I'm with my family, we delay everything, then we start yelling at each other, and it's like, yeah. When I'm by myself, I'll get there seven hours early if I have to, and then I'll just sit there and drink at the bar. I don't really care. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll figure thing. that part out. Yeah, but. Other than other than that, though, yeah, no, nothing much for me. What about you? How is uh, how was your week? I know you had, you had your first semester of school finish. How's everything with that? Yeah, good. We finished. We finished strong. Thought Monday's exam went pretty well. Uh, didn't feel too stupid walking out of it. So that's always a good feeling. Um, yeah. Other than that, I've kind of been a waste of space. That was Monday. I've been a waste of space yesterday and today. Um, just it's it is weird. Uh, I told myself I'd give myself until the new year and then I would get my shit back together as far as like school and like actually exercising your brain. Um, but yeah, I've kind of, I mean, I had so much time today that I, I worked out in the morning and then I went for a run in the afternoon just cause I was so bored. So it is weird to have just this much time on my hands at something I haven't in a while. Um, so I've been enjoying that and I will enjoy that for the next probably uh, 10 days or so. So that's, that's my life right now. Ready to do get into some sports um, as we watch MSU uh, Oakland right now on the screen behind me. Um, interesting start. But uh, needless to say, I think I want to start with the – we have two big topics that we're going to talk about today, both huge. I think both are some of the more fun topics we've we've had to talk about in our the six-month life of this podcast. Yeah. Um, I want to start with the World Cup. Um, Argentina obviously taking down France in the final. Um, what was one of the greatest as a non-soccer fan? I don't have much to go off of this. One of the greatest soccer games I've ever watched. Um, I mean, it's one of the greatest soccer games I've ever watched. And this is coming from a soccer person. It was, it had everything you wanted. Um, it's one of those where, you would have the announcers insert some snarky comment about how the Hollywood script writers couldn't do a better job than this or in their very British accent. Um, now you had everything you needed. Um, Argentina and France, two iconic teams. You probably have the best player in the world right now, Kylian Mbappe with the greatest player of all time, Lionel Messi. It, it It's a shot in the heart to say that. Um but he did it. He, he he secured that status as the GOAT. I, I congratulate the man. Not that he needs to hear it from me or ever will hear it from me, but 
Um, and you just had everything. You had the star power. You had the teams. You had the 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 comebacks, the leads, the the drama, the saves, the shit houseery, and the penalty shootout. It was just from top to bottom. That final had ever. I mean, the first. So the first. We'll start with. I just kind of will kind of run through the game as I saw it at least. Um, to begin with, the French showed up like absolute terrorists. The, mm. Um. They, they they did not exist for the first eighty minutes of the game. They they just weren't there. They were just eh, whatever eh, running around. I think I, I remember if I saw some stat in the beginning. Mbappe had about I think eight or nine touches in the first half, which was the least out of every player on the field, including Jesus. the goalies. So he was completely out of it. Um, the French were out of it. I know they uh they made two substitutions, and I think the fortieth minute. Now that might not much mean much to you, but that is absolutely unheard of. Um, I mean, like, I've seen someone, I've seen someone get subbed out in the first half before. It's incredibly rare because you need to have like an all-time bad appearance, a hall of shame appearance. But they, but they were that poor. The, the the French were that bad, that tactically unaware. They, I can, I can get into the formations. It's just they they didn't show up. There's a um, in the in the days following came out that there was a lot of politics being played. I'm not shocked, or I'm kind of shocked they even made it that far with the amount of stuff that was going on behind the scenes. But tactically, um, the French played with basically four forwards that don't really defend, and you just can't do that in a team sport. Trying to defend with six players when another team's attacking at you with eight, you're never going to win that battle. Mm-hmm. And and again, Argentina, Argentina played very well. I'm not trying to sit here and say the the blame was on one side and the there was no flowers to give on the other. The Argentina played incredible. The from the three goals they scored, um, I think the the first penalty was a bit soft. Um, kind of going with the theme of soft Argentine 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 penalties throughout the entire tournament. But it is what it is. Um, their second goal, the first goal of the game, you're saying? Yeah, the penalty that Messi scored. Yeah. Um, the the second goal that Argentina scored to make it two nothing was brilliantly worked. Um, I think I think if, if, if memory serves me correct, they they dispossessed France and quickly hit on the counter before they could get back. Not that they were going to get back because they only have six players defending, but. Three passes, they were behind the entire back line. One more pass to Di Maria, and he had a really nice, he had a nice finish. Um, this, it, the technique that he used, I'm not sure, I don't know if he meant it or if it was a scuff, but I know that there are players in the past who've done this, where he kind of intentionally chops down on the ball into the ground, so it bounces into the ground and goes over a diving. So that's something I'm sure you probably did not notice, but if you were to no. see the highlight again. You, you watch the ball, how it kind of pops up over the goalie who's already kind of gone to ground. There have been players who've done that intentionally in the past. I don't know if Di Maria did that intentionally or if he just got lucky with a bobble, but it was a great finish, a great team goal. Um, it kind of completely threw that. That's that's more or less when the French started, when, when they made their little double change. Um, I mean, the start of the second half wasn't really much different. I mean, maybe France had a little bit more foothold because they had a little bit more balance and they weren't playing with four out-and-out attackers. But they still – it's not like they were creating anything. I mean, I don't know. It's, there wasn't much to do with the um, – I'll say the same thing. Um, I think the French penalty was kind of soft. Uh, the first one that they scored, 
I mean, I guess that evens it out. One one BS penalty on one side, one BS on the other. Uh, and then about 30 seconds after that, you had Mbappe score again. It was that's kind of where the the Hollywood stuff comes in. It was it was insane the way it worked. The two goals in in 65 seconds, whatever it was, and that's including celebrations, not just 65 seconds of game time. That's 65 seconds from the first ball going into the second one. It was. And, and the finish itself was amazing. I mean, b- ball got played over the top, kind of looping over the last defender. I expected him to kind of try and take a touch, control it, and then maybe get some kind of composed finish. Nah. He just sat there, let it fall, and hit it about as hard as he possibly could. Was it perfectly in the corner? No. But when you hit it that hard, goalie got a hand to it, could do nothing about it. An insane finish. 2-2. Um, That kind of... Uh, that kind of encompassed Argentina, though. Um, they had they had trouble uh, finishing games the entire tournament. Um, in the quarterfinals against Netherlands, also gave up a two nothing lead, ended up in penalties. Um, against Australia, they played Australia in the round of sixteen, and they went up again two nothing. Australia scored, and then I think in the last two minutes, the Aust- or the Argentine keeper had to make about three saves to stop them from getting to extra time themselves. So Argentina had trouble finishing. They had trouble finishing that game. Took us into extra time where once again, um, they they had a great team goal, brilliantly worked. Um, Messi finished it off. You had, it was just, it, w- it, was, it was beautiful. The, um, the second French penalty was clean. Um, Handball, not really much you can do there, but when you run at someone, you cannot run with your arms out. It hits you in the head, it hits you in the head, but this guy goes like this, and you can see that the whoever's listening can't, but I mean, guy comes out there trying to protect his face, arm outstretched, it hits the arm, they got to call a handball. 3-3, three, three, and then right before extra time, this is one thing that uh, I think is, got, has gone slightly unnoticed, was uh, the save by the Argentine keeper in the 123rd minute, where... Ball got yeah. played over the top. That was crazy. And the guy the just, save? Yep, the kick save. The yeah. guy, I think it was Kolo Muani. Um, I mean, the ball's kind of bouncing, and he just kind of put his foot through it. It was a good strike. It was on target. It's just one of those where, in hindsight, do you, do you sit there and do you say, maybe I should have picked my head up and maybe tried to find a corner, as opposed to just kicking it as hard as I can. But it takes nothing away from the save. What that goal – that, that goalie did – absurd things i mean he it's just single-handedly and then carrying into the carrying into the uh, penalty shootout i mean uh miliano martinez he was just in the french player's head he was absolutely yeah. in that there was he was good at that yeah i don't know if you saw what he was doing he was kind of throwing the ball away he was handing it off to them he's jumping up yeah. and down i mean so or yeah go on no 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 that the throwing the ball i noticed and then it just popped in my head is when Argentina had the lead in extra time uh, and they were doing the, um, the, the bench players kicking, like punting the ball into the stands. Like I know that time is made up in extra time, mm-hmm. but like that's gotta be, I know, and I know it's the strategy and it's part of what makes soccer soccer, but that's another reason why I think not to get off topic with the actual game. Another reason we need a stopping clock in soccer. So, the one thing I will say is that's actually not strategy. If you're not on the field, you're not, you shouldn't be playing with the ball. I do remember seeing that. And I was looking around. I'm like, how is this just 
blatantly allowed. They did like, it like said, twice. They, they, you know, they, they, you, like you said, you know, the guys in the corner sitting there with their stupid pennies on just kicking the ball away. It's like you're not even on the field. That that, that you're you're probably right. That's one of those where you got to look at it. Um, you bring up a stopped clock. I know that is something they are discussing. Um, among those kind of like chief rule makers. Um, does it is it something that goes through? Possibly. Um, I could see it happen, and I could almost support it happening because you do kind of effectively get rid of the cheap time wasting. I understand time wasting in the corner and when the goalie gets the ball back at his feet and he just holds it till someone presses him because that ball's still in play. But you're right, when it's a dead ball and you got guys writhing around in pain, it's it, it, it's annoying to it's annoying to watch. It's annoying to look at. Um, I, I see the frustration. I share some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what, where were we at? The PK is the goalie. Yep. I mean, he was it just – he's he, – I know we talked about this. Uh, you guys went on your little tangent of PKs are stupid to end a game like that. They're just not. Um, See, uh, I'm actually going to change my mind on it On after watching the, the PKs. I actually don't mind the PKs. It's just one of those where – I know uh, Nick specifically was like, oh, it's just guessing. Well, like, it's not because. See, here's, I think, I think three, like, penalty kicks just need to be, like, it can't be, I know that that they miss two. And and when it comes down to it in the pressure, some the one team always misses one, two, or three. But they need to get to a point where, what would you say, what would you say they are? Like, 75%, 80%? Give or take. I mean, the good, the good I, PK takers probably. I'd like to see something where you get it down to maybe like 50%, 60%. Like, allow the goalie to challenge the shooter a bit. You know how they have to stay on the goal line? Yeah, no. I mean, well, you can't – I mean, no. Uh, why? why? Why does it have to be 50%? Why do we want just free kicks? Like, that's not a part of the game. Like, they, you don't get – Yes, it is. You watched the- France and Argentina score three of them during the actual game. No, I know, but you want the game to come down to, like, literal point blank shots where they have a 90% where like, like the average Joe in Argentina could make half of it can make go 50% in PKs. I mean, I, 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 I'm not, that's just not how it is because. But why, why should it not be? It makes more sense to make it more challenging or to make, to, to make you earn a win instead of like, Put it all up to chance after you played it's not chance. 130 minutes. It's not chance. You just minutes. watched it not be chance. You watched the French goalie, who's a mental midget, go the wrong way every single time, trying nothing to get into the other team's head, trying nothing for anything. He changed his stance halfway through the shootout. That's how down bad he was. It's not chance. Yeah, there, I think he was down t- bad when well, – did Messi go first? It was uh, – I mean, yeah, Messi, Messi basically was- like – Messi basically like passed it into the goal. Yeah. No, and it's <laughs> – but it, it's one of those where I, I think I noticed it. He noticeably changed his approach after the second shot. Like for for Messi's penalty during the game, and then for the first two in the actual shootout, he he kind of went early and started kind of already diving. It would tip his location. Yeah. And then after that second one went in, he he completely shat his pants and he just stood there and he was and then he was guessing. He was like, "Oh fuck it, I'll dive to the left. I'll dive to the right." And that's the thing is, it's not about that because you you say, oh, it's just chance. It's not. It's it's statistics. Do I know what the other guy is going to do? Do I know where he continuously likes to play it? 
do I, can I pick up on some cues? Does he open his hips? Does he close his hips? Does he open his foot? Does he close his foot? Where are his eyes? It, it's not just, oh, I choose to kick it left. There, um, from the from that's from the goalie side. On the player side, well, yeah. Do you have do you have an do you have something that you're comfortable with continuously? And if that's the case, do you trust yourself to do that when the goalie also knows that because all of your penalties are on film? Do you trust yourself to try and kick it high? Because guess what? If you kick it high and you miss, you're never going to hear the end of it because they're going to send you jokes about how your penalty still hasn't landed, how NASA's looking for it, how it's in row F. Do you trust yeah. yourself? Do you trust yourself to stutter step? Because if they catch you on the stutter and the goalie sits there waiting, you've got no power and he can probably save it. It's this notion that, oh, it's lucky. Well, it's not. It's, yeah, no, that's, it's, that's it's, a good point with the, the strategy. It's I don't entirely, really strategy. It's entirely mental. And you even you watched it. Kylian Mbappe regularly takes penalties for his, te- for his national and club teams. The goalie still got to two of them. He still got his hands on two of them. He made all three, but his, the goalie still got his hands on two of them. And then the other French guy showed up, and they were so scared. Chouamani yeah. sent it nowhere. The other guy, it's just one of those where they you start doubting that. yourself, and you're done. Yeah. No, the, the strategy part of it is something I, I think the average soccer watcher doesn't really understand. So that's that's a that's a fair point. Um, and I, why I kind of lean back to the penalty kick side is because it be, it's kind of like what you said. It came down to like, it was pretty decide. Like, if they went on and they, the, the, say the five, say they had to go past the fifth round, it would have been less. I would have had more of a fight. Like, really, we're gonna go to the ninth shooter out there for this thing to end. If but it was have to pretty, get to nine, if you have to get to nine, you get to nine. I've watched PK yeah. shootouts go to goalies. I've watched yeah, it, helped, it, helped, it just helped it helped from my perspective and uh just like it was it was so decisive like it was pretty clear Argentina was better better at PKs that, that's what it came down to they deserved to win um as far as the celebration goes it's really cool I thought it was really cool because it was kind of like uh as Messi and Ronaldo step into their late 30s last latter parts of their careers you got to see us kind of crown the the current goat and Messi with that win and you also had got to watch Mbappe, who's I guess you would say the next man up is the best player of his generation yep. at twenty three. Kind of He's have his game now, come, yeah. twenty four now come into his shoes and score a hat trick in the game. So yeah, no, um, he's I think the second person ever to score a hat trick. He's the first person to ever actually score a hat trick where all three goals went over the line. The first person had a phantom goal in nineteen sixty six, and that's actually England's only ever international trophy. So. Shame on that, but um, no, he. I mean, he's phenomenal. Just the way he plays, the technical ability, the pace, how powerful he is. He knows what he wants to do. You're the one that's trying to react to him. I mean, that's one thing I, I kind of forgot to mention. Right at the end of the game, he kind of put his head down and went at two players, and you could almost see them mentally just looking at God and asking for help. I mean. <laughs> When he when he puts his head down and he starts running at you and he starts doing the tricks, that's all you can do is yeah. just look up and look up at the heavens. And he he almost pulled it off. He got by both of them. He got into the box, and then just finally the last guy caught up to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And if that if he could have gotten a shot off there and scored that, that would have been that would have been probably one of the most iconic moments the sports ever seen. <laughs> pardon my uh, pardon my coughing, but. 
Yeah, no, no. And then and then we had a, a, a Messi absolutely shading Salt Bay or whatever the hell his name is. Do you yeah. want to that, – that's a funny little tidbit. And it's like, <laughs> dude, I, I, and I didn't even realize this at the time. He's not even like Argentinian or Argentine. He's not, he's not Argentine? I, I mean, I he's didn't Turkish. know that. Oh, that's – I mean – yeah, I did see. I did see that. I didn't really pay too much attention to it because I think that it's not really a story, and it was handled the perfect way. Messi's not looking at him. Messi doesn't care. He doesn't know who he is. Yeah, it's like nor should he. I think. I think it's kind of the consensus is like oh, you're just such a loser. Off the top of my head, right now, my biggest question would be is how did he get on the field? That, yeah, that would be uh, that would be my biggest question is how was he on the field? That's a good point. I don't really know how that. I don't really know. Well, I don't really know what, where in the course of like celebration or like, like whatever they were at. Like, I, I, I didn't really pay attention to that. I just kind of paid attention to the, uh, just the actual exchange between yep. the two. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't, I don't really know either. I did see it very briefly, but I, I, that's just one of those where, like, he's not, I don't think he's a family member. He's certainly not a player or, 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 or staff. I have no idea how he's on that field, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, the the celebrations were nice. Um, it kind of brought off a beautiful end to kind of that one month of just nonstop soccer. I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to get to run through 100 gigabytes of data next month watching soccer games because there's not going to be four on a day like there was for about a brief period of time. But no, it was it was a phenomenal World Cup. It was really well done. Um, the spectacle was nice. The final was good. You had good atmospheres with the Moroccan fans. The South American fans always travel well. It was it was it was a phenomenal time. Yeah. Uh. So that's a that's kind of to put a bow, bow on a bow on the World Cup. I don't know if that's the saying. Whatever. <laughs> it's Christmas. Like I said, my brain's kind of turned off right now, and I'm extremely frustrated that we're 13 minutes into this game and losing to Oakland. But uh, <laughs> hey, man, put some respect on Greg Campy. How's that not a foul? Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, anyways, moving on to probably the second major topic that we'll talk about in this episode is uh, the Lions beat the Jets uh, twenty to seventeen on Sunday at Air or not Arrowhead MetLife. Their second they, win at MetLife of the season. Yep. So, yeah, it's basically a home game at this point. <laughs> They moved to seven and seven. They're now one game out of a wild card with three games remaining. It looks like they're going to have to, as we mentioned, they're going to have to win at least two of those three. Um, yeah, it's an, and it was another exciting game. The Jets defense uh, looks elite. I mean, it, it was elite. Was this a game they that if Mike White is playing instead of Zach Wilson, they that the Lions lose? Maybe I'm not so sure to be honest. Um, Zach Wilson missed a lot of throws, especially late in the game. Um, but he also didn't turn the ball over like two, three, four times and look, take a ton of terrible sacks like he used to do. I mean, he was bad, but he wasn't quite as Zach Wilson bad as we've seen throughout this season. Uh, the offense, I mean, they played a good defense and found a way to win. It, I'll, I'll be honest, it was a kind of a frustrating performance all around. You just kind of got – I wouldn't say lucky. You had you made a good call on fourth down and got it to a wide open tight end for a touchdown. That was other than that, you scored thirteen points. So I I don't know well, if that's and, anything to write. And seven of those were off a punt return. We, right. we actually didn't score an offensive touchdown until that fourth down call. Right, but, that's right. 
Yeah. So no. yeah. So frustrating. It's one of those things where the offense has been so good in this this seven game six out of seven run that they've had that it's like I'm not gonna sit here and be too critical of them because of how good so good they've been the past two months. Um, but it was a poor performance against a good defense. Um, yeah, against a decent team. I mean, I don't think the Jets. I think the Jets are going to somehow find a way to not be in the playoffs the way it's looking right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. We move on to Carolina on Saturday on Christmas Eve. Um, thoughts on the Lions game Sunday, and then we can kind of – give me your thoughts on the game, and then we can kind of get into the picture moving forward. That's exactly what I wanted to say. So that game for me, um, we mentioned it, ugly offensive performance, didn't score an offensive touchdown until the last two minutes of the game. Um Struggled to move the ball. You had that kind of deep ball from Goff to JMO, that which was slightly underthrown, and it allowed I think it was Sauce Gardner to get back in coverage. Um, it was no, but it was it it was one of those games where I think a you needed it to kind of maybe I don't I don't know what the proper word is, but maybe just to kind of remind you that it's not always going to go your way, and it was also needed because. That was a game where, for the last 60 years, the Lions would have lost it. That was a game where if they didn't play their very best, they would lose it because they were the Lions. That was the complete right. opposite. That was, you didn't play your very best. Your defense played well. You know, kind of, again, it's against Zach Wilson. It's against a team that doesn't have Brees Hall anymore. The receivers hate him. So it's not like you were going out there playing the Chargers offense. Let's, we're, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw illusions out there. The defense played well. They did get the turnover on Wilson on that terrible pick, which I guess he kind of gave to us. Should have given us another interception. I don't know how that was caught by whoever that was. Um, might have been Garrett Wilson. Might have been the other guy who was filling in for – It was Garrett Wilson. Okay. Um, should have been a second interception, but played well. Um, James Houston has really come on. It's not. It, it's looking like it's not yeah. just, a, oh, he's on a one-two game heater. This is a month now where he's got four sacks in four games. Um the offense, I I remember I was saying at some point, I think yesterday or yesterday, what, month, Sunday was kind of that perfect time to rip the Band-Aid off Jamison Williams. Um, I mean, he's been active for a month now. He tore his ACL a year ago. He's been practicing for probably two, three months and running around. I understand wanting to ease him into the sport, but that game where you can't do anything, everyone's getting clamped, that would have been a perfect time to say, take the take the pitch count off go out there you're on the field every play just like Amon Ra is and show me what you can do um I would have liked to see that because I mean the only time he's run a route this year is when he puts his head down and runs forward that's that's all he's done and I'll I I mean I'll be damned if that's why you drafted a guy in the first round you could have put you could have pulled a track star in the sixth round to do that for you yeah I agree let's run let's do something where you're making a move Let's do something where you've got to catch the ball when it's slightly behind you, not when it's just in stride. Um, I would have really liked to see that. It it worked without that happening. Um, so I guess who we do do that, but at some point I do think you have to actually play the guy that you traded up for instead of just saying, Oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna get a nice little crowd reaction out of him. We're gonna we're gonna let him eat. You know, he's a football player, let him go play football, let him go make plays. And let him go show why he was probably going to be the consensus number one receiver if he wasn't injured. Trey Holman is the worst freaking basketball player <laughs> I've ever seen. He's a 
He's so bad. He's afraid to shoot against Oakland. He just threw it right to the other yeah, team. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, he he kind of reminds me of Tum Tum Nairn, you know? I don't doubt that, like, he can be a decent player. Cause, I mean, we're 11 games into his freshman year. But, like, the dude has no raw anything. He's lanky, just kind of okay with ball handler, okay shooter. He shot, like, three times the whole year. Was very afraid. He just this is again. It's not like Jaden Akins. Jaden Akins hardly played for a good chunk of last year as a freshman. But when he came in, he wasn't afraid to be the guy and make the shot, even if even if he only had to twice. Yeah, a game. no. Uh, Akins does have some dog in him. But, anyways, back to the Lions. Yeah. Uh, no, again, um... again, I you you mentioned the defense with James Houston. Uh, that's another late round pick where it's looking like, I mean, super early to say, but Brad Wood or Brad Williams, Brad Holmes, successful draft. Uh, you're oh, really looking at hugely successful draft. You're looking at three: Hutchinson, Houston, Kirby Rodrigo. Jones, and I guess I guess Rodrigo. So you're looking at four guys that look like they're going to be legit, solid NFL players, which is. Yeah. Way more than you can ask for out of a draft. I think. I think if you ask a GM, I think you you're looking for two guys that can be career. One of my ideas a career is more than four years. Get to a second players. contract. I'll get to a yeah, second contract. To, yeah, player. exactly. Get to your second contract players and three guys that can be starters. Yeah, I can. I I think I agree with that. Um, no, it was. It's been. It's been awesome. Um, not that it like really is an entirety like uh like picture of how he's playing, but Kirby Joseph is the current safeties vote getter for the Pro Bowl. Again, obviously that's fan voting. Um, he has played well, but no, it's it's really nice. The defense is coming together. Um, offense had an ugly game, still found a way to win, which is what you want. Uh, and let's let's get into playoff picture because I know there's there's one scenario that's getting in the back of my mind and it's it's going to keep me up at night but let, let, let's kind of focus on this game against Carolina uh Carolina is just as much in the playoff race as we are which is crazy yeah. to think, considering they're six and eight or five and eight or whatever they are whatever whatever these they're guys five are and nine. they're five and nine okay they're yeah they're five and nine and they're one game out of the playoffs because yep Tampa Bay blows and that rest of the division blows so we're not gonna like walking into Carolina. It's not gonna be easy. They're playing for just as much as we are. Uh, a couple of games out, and so it'll be a fun game. Again, the, the Panthers kind of didn't get the memo on tanking. They play really hard. You're not gonna blow them out, no matter who you are. It, it's going to be a fight, and that that's kind of a game that the Lions thrive in. Um, Thankfully, Carolina's a little bit south, and we don't have to watch Jared Goff in these snowstorms that are supposed to ravage kind of the Midwest and the Northeast for this upcoming yeah. weekend. So hopefully the uh, hopefully the offense can play a little bit more finesse as opposed to just run it. But even though I trust our offensive line to do it, we've, for the first time in our lives, we've got like a, a line that can just bully you. But no, it'll be a fun game. I know uh, on the other end of the draft, uh, the Denver Broncos play the L.A. Rams Christmas night. Um, first of all, that should be a felony that that's a national TV game. Yeah, so I I had this epiphany watching the Packers-Rams on Monday night. Uh, 
they got so many teams wrong this year. Like we've watched so many bad primetime games. Yep. Because I mean, I think that that we thought a lot of teams were going to be a lot better that are just not yep. good. I can I can go down the list right now. Uh, da, 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 da. I'd say we thought Cleveland was going to be better. We thought uh, Indianapolis would be a lot better. We thought Vegas would be better. We probably we definitely thought Denver would be better. Uh, we thought Green Bay would be better. We thought Tampa Bay would be better. Uh, we thought we thought Arizona would be better. We th- and we also thought the Rams would be better. I, That's yeah, like I was six gonna, teams. That I, are, oh, I, I was going to say. Um, I mean, if I remember correctly, we were sitting here and in, in the preseason on these episodes, and we were talking about the the preseason favorites in the NFC being the Buccaneers, the Packers, and the Rams. I mean, yeah. two of the, two of those teams or one team's not making the playoffs. One team most likely won't make the playoffs, and the third team is only going to make the playoffs because their division is god awful. Yeah, not because they're actually a good football team. And so, yeah. no, you're right. The, that's a, it is. It's incredible how wrong we all were. Um, but again, uh, Denver, LA, that game is huge for our pick because if Denver pulls it out, they will go to one game ahead of the Rams while also having the tiebreaker. And that will kind of solidify. I'm not gonna say solidify because they're still the the rant or the. the Would that be the second about. pick? No, uh, it'll be uh, they'll. I think it's the fourth pick right now. And it'll it would stay the fourth pick, but Denver going that game basically effectively game and a half up on LA would make it harder for the Rams to kind of pass them and wins at the end of the season, because if they would end tied, Denver would take the tiebreaker and we would that pick would move up for us. So if they won that game. And assuming no one else at the bottom one, that'd be the third pick. Even oh, even better. So only yeah, the well, bear, only the Bears. Yeah. And oh, true. The yeah. Texans have less than four wins. Hey, I'll take the third overall pick. Guarantee, so. basically guaranteeing Will Anderson or or Jalen Carter. I'll take it. Yeah, and I think I genuinely think the Bears are frisky enough to win like two of their last three and get to five wins. Well, so. let's make sure it's not against us. But um, yeah. That I was I, I was making sure that's why I didn't say three out of three because I knew <laughs> they had to play the lines. So here's the one thing I do want to say um, that I was talking about this nightmare scenario. Um, the Green Bay Packers are six and eight, I believe, right? Yep. And we are slated to play them in Week 18. Um. Not that it, it it will happen because the Packers' next two games are Dolphins and Vikings. Those are not very easy teams to beat. It's not like you have the Panthers and the Bears. But let's say the Lions are 9-7, and seven, the Packers are 8-8, eight and eight, and they flex us into a Sunday night football game in Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers. Winner goes to the playoffs, loser goes Just home. give me a chill. Just give me a chill. That, that scenario is going to give me nightmares. And I'll be honest, as unlikely as it sounds, with I mean, you're looking at probably two playoff teams. The Vikings are frauds; they're very beatable. And Miami's lost three of their last four. Yep. No, uh, so. Miami's definitely kind of cooled off. Uh, you saw Tua unable to complete a pass in LA, and then they just kind of at the end got outplayed by Buffalo. And again, the other thing is, while he hasn't shown it this year. We are talking about the back-to-back MVP and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So it's one yep. of those where, again, hasn't so shown it this year, but that scares the living shit out of me. 
Yeah, because, I, I mean, as great as you want to say this run is, there is nothing scarier than going as a Lions fan than saying Lambeau Field at night. You don't play at night. You're the Lions. You don't play yep. past 1 o'clock. Prime time. Prime. It's a, it would effectively be a play. Oh, we know Jared Goff is afraid of the dark. <laughs> oh, we know Dan. What what ankles are Dan Campbell gonna bite in the dark? You can't see their ankles. Well, I was I was looking or whatever he wants it, to bite. It was I w- I had a kind of slower moment at work, and I started looking ahead at schedules, and that scares the shit out of me. It's just one of those where I mean, Packers are getting their players back; they're getting healthier as the season's going on. I know they kind of completely died when they played us the first time. The seven yeah. starters got hurt. It's just one yeah, of those where <laughs> I need Miami or Minnesota to steal a win, and we got to go two and zero. We have to be nine and seven going into that game because even if the even if the Packers are kind of out of it and they can still play play spoiler for us, they will. I mean, yeah, it's it. it it's we, just them ruining our lives, like a, yeah, a year when they're just, still bad. Make, Take your chances. Go on uh, this Saturday, uh, this week, but on Saturday, get into Carolina, steal the game if you have to, do whatever you need to do, and get out. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I will say something we haven't had since. The, I mean, the last time they made the playoffs was twenty sixteen. Those yep. seven, six, seven years since then, we have not watched nearly this meaningful football. No, we've not. We've, I don't even know if we've been on the in the hunt. No, um, no, because you had since then. No, because you had the Stafford getting injured, the the, the slow starts, the Patricia. In the years. last two years, the yeah. Patricia years, and then. And the one thing, and the other thing I want to say is, um, that might I, I don't know what kind of factor it'll play, but I think there is some kind of psychological thing. Is what happens when we've been chasing for the last two months? We've been chasing playoff teams. Let's say we pull off this victory, we we get, and then Seattle loses. And suddenly, or let's, and then let's say Washington loses, and suddenly they're chasing us. There's a very big dynamic shift when you are the one who's trying to hold on to what you have versus the mm-hmm. one who's trying to rip it out of the other guy's hands who has it. And that's one of those things where I look, but I, I, I would love to see the scenario happen because it means we win another game. But I would, right. I would like to see what the, what happens to this team when they're no longer chasing the playoff spot, and the graphic shows Detroit Lions six or seven seed. It would be interesting to see what what the kind of the, the psychology behind the team is. That obviously they're professionals; they're going to go out there to play to win. But there is that subconscious thing: it's I need to win this versus someone else is clawing at me. Which is where I actually think the rah rah of Dan Campbell is actually like comes to advantage when you got to win a game to get in or you got to win a playoff game where it's one and done where that actually helps as opposed to the rah-rah message when you're six and 11 really doesn't make you a better yeah. football team. No, yeah. It does in the case where you're trying to win one game, one game at a time, like the Lions may need to in these next three. So um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it gets me a little aroused to think about us just playing this meaningful football that, that Christmas Eve, I'll get to watch a Lions game that means something. Uh, yeah. It's gonna be nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna be at some family dinner and I'm gonna have a computer on in the background watching the Lions on streamies. <laughs> as you should. As we go to halftime, MSU up five after probably the worst half of basketball I've ever seen. Who's he yelling at? Who's he yelling at? Ref? 
Looks like the ref. Why is this? Why does my ESPN notification say twenty nine twenty six, but the TV says twenty nine twenty four? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, that's just ESPN. They're stupid, but no. It's... Anything else you want to get to here uh, before we kind of wrap do... this up? Yeah, do I mean we could go around? Do we want to go around the NFL, or do you want to keep this a local uh, local episode? Kind of nice, short, um, sweet before the holidays. We can go around the NFL real quick. Um, well, actually, I think we should go around the NFL because there was a lot of fun this. Now I'm looking back. Yeah, actually, we. You had, one thing we have to talk about. I think there's two things we have to talk about. What's the second one? Well, I don't know what your first one is, but there's the largest comeback in NFL history, followed oh, by the stupidest God. play in God, NFL history. This week, these Saturday games really trip you up. I forget they happened. I mean, there was a lot to talk about, actually. Um, I was going to talk about the Patriots just going full let's start on. There. Go ahead. Turn off your brain like bot mode and gave the game through. Jacoby Myers just throwing it right to. <laughs> Right to the other team. <laughs> that is, and then Mac Jones getting absolutely hit sticked. Yeah, that was that was one of the stupidest plays I've ever seen. Um, I refrain from calling it the stupidest play I've ever seen because it wasn't called. Um, it was just something where they they they. It's not like they predetermined. Oh, we're going to turn this into like a jail yard play. They just something just flipped a switch in Ramondre's yeah. head. We kind of threw it back at. Jacoby Myers, and I think that completely psyched out Myers. And he's like, oh, my God, what's going on? He just instinctively threw it because that's what happens. Usually when someone laterals you the balls, you you keep lateraling it back. Yeah. But that is – I just remember I was at the gym with my friend, and we're sitting there, and we're kind of watching, and the, the Raiders score, tie it up. I'm like, oh, perfect. First of all, they didn't actually score. That was out of bounds, but I don't know what the replay was looking at. We can talk about that afterwards is how bad the officials are. Um <laughs> Uh, I mean, they tied it up 24-24, and I'm like, all right, let's get in the car, let's drive back home, we'll watch the end of the game. And we're leaving, and that's when all you guys start texting, what was that, what's going on? And I look at the TV, and it's it's kind of far in the distance. I'm like, why is the scoreboard here? Why are people running around? And I'm like, wait, 30-24? What? And then I watched the play, and I was like, oh, my. That was yeah. one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. It was incredible. It was fun. Uh, so I was thinking how like non Belichick that is. It's completely non Belichick. But then I remembered. Do you remember the game? It was when Gronk and Brady were still there. So this is probably, if I had to guess, five to seven years ago, when they lost to the Dolphins on yep, a. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and we're like, it was a was it a Hal Mary? No, it was a. It was no, a it was the, it was the exact same play. They started doing laterals. Yeah, but they lost on that. Like Miami, yep. yeah, Miami started doing laterals and won. And yep. Gronk, because I remember because Gronk was out there because he was supposed to be on the hands. Yeah, and Gronk didn't have there. the angle because he doesn't have the speed. Yeah, yeah, that was. But that's immediately what I thought of when I was like, "Oh, it's it's so unBelichick." And then I thought of that, and I was like, "Maybe it's not." The only thing I'll say in that play is that I think they were expecting a hail mary, which is why they had their guys back at the goal line. Um, yeah, that's why Gronk was out there. Yeah. But no, yeah, I I would say, I, I would com- I would call it as unBelichickian because he is one of the most detail oriented coaches ever, and everything's meticulous. I mean, he used to find guys for trying to like stretch out the ball because he didn't want fumbles. Like, yeah, he wanted to leave nothing to chance. But uh, the one thing I will say is the Patriots fans absolutely deserve that. 
they got to win and win and win and win for two decades. So you you get you get you get a couple of those plays every once in a while. Welcome to they get to win and win and win, and they're still seven and seven, and have just as good of a shot as the Lions making the playoffs <laughs> this year. Yeah, I, that that's just one of those where the 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 the, the Patriots fans have had it so good for two decades. Now you get to see what the rest of the NFL does on Sundays. Right. You guys capitalize up other teams doing that to you for two de- for for twenty years. Now you're going to do it to everyone else. And then the other game that was kind of big was. The biggest comeback in NFL history, 33-0 halftime lead for the Indianapolis Colts. Erased, 39-36 final score. Um, Crazy. I mean, I guess I can say two things. First of all, Matt Ryan has got to be cursed. He's got the largest comeback against him in Super yeah. Bowl history, and now the largest comeback in NFL history. And Didn't second of all, of maybe you should – and then second, second of all is maybe you should not hire – guys who whose only experience coaching is high school maybe you yeah should... i think that that's gonna go down as one of the all-time granted like he gave up on the season and he wasn't expect there weren't any expectations yeah, it, it, i don't it, think it, but like you, it's gonna go down as one of the worst hires ever i think you said it perfectly it's like i know when i was like well would he have been fired if he was black ha, 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 trying to make a joke but at the same time there might be some truth to it you said it pretty perfectly it, it's an interim coach this Jim Isray's given up on the season and maybe he should probably take a step back and stop making moves for his GM because he's an owner. He's not a GM. Yeah. Um, I, I know that he's done that a lot in the past and his team has kind of paid the price for it with his just quarterback carousel post Andrew Luck. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at Jerry Jones. Uh, after that loss, after their comeback, Loss, or they got came. Yeah, back they also on. there was also another comeback there. Like the Cowboys now look like they're like it's another year of Jerry's world is just going to end in a first round exit again. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's interesting. It's one of those where don't do too much. Um, if you're a football person, be a football person. If you're a business owner, be a business owner. Don't mix the two. Um, mm-hmm. there are people smarter than you who do that for a living that's awesome i don't know what, how jim Isray has his money but go back to whatever that was um <laughs> the other thing i wanted to say i did mention earlier is officiating the referees are atrocious I now mean, why what what are some examples that get you to this so i don't know i mean did you see the raiders touchdown to tie it up against the patriots no they threw uh, they threw kind of deep onto the corner and Receiver oh comes, yeah, I have yeah receiver that. comes okay. down with it, and like you look at it, it's like his foot is quite clearly over the white part. But you know what? Maybe they didn't see it. Maybe he didn't have a definitive camera angle crew was on the ground. Cool. You look at the pictures. There is paint in the air and on his shoe. That yeah. doesn't happen unless you step on the white. So that the fact that they looked at that and still were not able to overturn it was atrocious. Then you had the Sunday night game, the Giants in Washington. I don't know. You were probably asleep because I know your bedtime's like 6 p.m. But um, I had a final the next day. Come on, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. But so I watched Carrie Underwood do her thing, and then I called it a night. The way that game ended, uh, it was 20-12. to 12. Washington's got the ball at the two-yard line. They run it in for a touchdown with Brian Robinson, I think. However, they threw a flag because they said that Terry McLaurin had lined up illegally and was like off the line of scrimmage and wasn't covering the tackle per se. But then they go look at the replay and Terry McLaurin three times asked the official, hey, hey, ref, am I good? And the first time the ref is like, no, you got to move up. So he moves up. 
The second time, the ref's like, yeah, you're good. The third time, ref is like, yeah, you're good. Snap the ball, flag in the air. Oh, same guy. Yeah. Followed by the very – two plays later, or it might have been the very next play, uh, you've got Taylor Heineke running around. He threw, he threw the ball into Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel was wearing a backpack. That backpack was called a New York Giants player. I mean, he has both arms around Curtis Samuel's arms. They didn't call anything. It, I mean, you had Collinsworth and Michaels. Now, I know they're older and they have a little bit more pull in the game. Tariqo. Oh, Tariqo, yeah. Look at me. Look at my old head. But um, Tariqo and Collinsworth were both like, that's stupid. That's a trash call. Like, that's not something you see a lot out of American sports for some reason. Um, the commentators are very protective of anyone who ever makes a mistake. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of that. I know in Europe, people will bash you if you make a mistake, especially in soccer games. But they, they were all over. They're like, that's a terrible call. I mean, he's got one arm hooked, the other arm hooked. How are you supposed to catch a pass? The other guy's keeping your arms moving. They were all over it. And it's one of those where I've said this for years now with the NFL specifically, because I don't know how the other uh, associations work, but referees are part-time employees of the NFL and therefore are not able to be fined or punished. That cannot happen in a league worth tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars between football, between teams, TV deals, and everything else. That cannot happen. You cannot see it. Here's the issue, though, with the part-time thing is uh, the NFL is only from September to January. Okay. It's four months out of the year. So it's I, – I mean, I know they're paid handsomely, but it's got to be hard to do full-time – to even – to justify full-time benefits and full-time compensation and but all that would come benefits. with it. What? They, they they already have some kind of benefits. I mean, they already. Have, I mean, it might not be like healthcare and everything, but I mean, if you're going to talk about healthcare being your biggest stopping point, like you've got the money for it. I, yeah, I, but do you want to spend the money on referee healthcare when, like, you know that their other job that they do for eight months out of the year can take care of it? I just think. All right, fine. So I don't disagree. It. I'm no. just kind of. Yeah, I, yeah, you're looking at it from an actual legal perspective. Look at you go. But yeah. well, I just think you cannot have a – and again, this is for all sports. You cannot be a billion-dollar, billions, plural, tens of billions, whatever you want to call it, entity, and you have a, a group that is not liable. Because guess what happens if Kenny Galladay drops too many passes? They stop throwing him the ball and he doesn't play. Right. These referees miss call after call, and some of them look deliberate. I mean, some of them look atrocious. It's a bad look on the sport. Yeah, and, I actually don't. I actually like the idea of throwing like a like having they have to answer to the mic. They have to yeah. answer to reporters after the game. Maybe I maybe I misstarted this, but there has to be some form of accountability. Whether it be fines, whether it be hey man, you're trash at your job. You're not performance reviews. Next yeah, and then and like you just said. Jacoby Myers, after he threw the dumbest pass of his career, or lateral, you know what he had to do? He had to get in front of the cameras, and he had to sit there and get grilled, like the Senate's asking him questions about treason. Yet these referees, after mistake after mistake, they probably go home and laugh about it. They're like, look at all these guys. They're mad because of something I did. (laughs) It's atrocious that these guys just walk away. 
It's a tr- it, 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 it's it's awful. If, if there's got to be micro, there's got to be cameras saying, "Hey, man, what did you see? What were you doing?" And then I know they'll say, "Well, I didn't see that one." It's like, are you sure? Because everybody else saw it. it it's yeah. It's it's so just, bad. I, I have a hard time like really going like like because they do do a better job than like what I would do if I were out there. Like I, I'm sitting here on my TV with the benefit of a replay oh, yeah. and watching everything in slow motion. I agree. Like I I, I understand that they I do a hundred percent agree with the accountability part, but as far as the uh, the performance of like I'm terrible at my job and that sort of stuff is like I give them maybe more of a pass than you do no you're right i mean yeah humans make mistakes i get that but be accountable for your mistake you don't just get to backdoor into the shadows answer right. for your mistake that's the accountability thing yeah we're i think we're 100 percent on the same pages like you you're held accountable in every other job in the world it's kind of like yeah. I mean, yeah, no, there there is not like a job doctor on, on the San Francisco yeah. Giants who did the physical for Carlos Correa. There is not a He's job probably... on planet Earth that does not require you to actually be held accountable for something where you make a mistake. If I if, right. if I make a mistake when I'm building a tank, my boss would be, Hey Vladdy, what what's going on, man? I don't I don't get to run away and say, Well, and it's not it's not like it's a fireball. We're not talking I'm not, I'm not, not oh yeah, I'm not saying Oh God, we got to get new, just new guys trained. Hey, you know, hey, you know who does there. need to be fired though? Different sport, but Angel Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been a bad look on the sport for like twenty years now. <laughs> he's funny. He's got he's got jokes. Dude, it's actually sometimes entertaining to watch. Like how you can how bad you, he you is. can yeah you can YouTube Angel Hernandez worst calls and just like. It's a nice ten minute video of just him making <laughs> garbage call after garbage call. Hour long compilations of how bad it yeah. is. <laughs> oh yeah. but no, that's I know we kind of rambled on, maybe went a little bit longer than we originally planned, but I just kinda wanted to bring that up as we went into the rest of the NFL because I mean you've got just trash call after trash call and it's at some point find a way to make it accountable or find a way to make it better. Whether that be all penalties are reviewable, whatever it might be, I know that's gonna murder the speed of the game the flow of the game but you've got to do something yeah yeah uh i think we should name the episode vladdy hates refs vladdy hates refs fire all the nfl refs something <laughs> buzzworthy that's just gonna get so many people people up and i was like oh my god this podcast on spotify they want they want all the refs fired. <laughs> it's absurd he hates refs but, so share this to all your friends about how Vladdy hates refs. Maybe yeah, I do hate. Them. I mean, I do hate referees. I think they're. I think they're stupid. But yeah, um, yeah. Share share with your friends. Connor's nailed nailed it on that one. Um, oh boy, I'm I'm looking at Izzo's sweater sweater right now, and it's an ugly sweater. Yeah, the the OU's wearing a Grinch one though. It's even worse. Hey, Mister Campy's nice. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. hey! All right, we gotta let's let's send it off to, to everyone who's made it this far in and listened to us kind of ramble for the last 10-15 minutes. Thank you, we appreciate it. I will say happy holidays. I can't say Merry Christmas anymore because that's insensitive to some people who aren't Christians. But happy holidays, happy New Year, Connor. I'll give you the last words. Yeah, man. Happy holidays, Vladdy. Have a good trip. I mean, obviously, I'll talk to you after this, but have a good trip. 
out over the pond that's called the Atlantic Ocean, in case you were wondering. Um, and thanks again. I know we ramble on a lot, like the last 10, 15 minutes of the episode. So we appreciate it if you made it this far. We love you.